one of the most important things once a diagnosis has been made is actually one of the most difficult things to to discuss and that is about your end of life planning it's about advanced treatments advanced directives wills and this can be a lot to take in in a very short space of time especially if you've just been given a, a a diagnosis that you don't know what it means you don't know what the outcome means and these are very difficult things for for patients to deal with <laughs> Hello and welcome to A Doctor's View, a podcast looking at everyday health topics and life through a doctor's eyes. Please note that all opinions are my own and should not replace the advice given to you by your own doctor. I'm Dr. Bolivios. Let's begin. Hello and welcome to A Doctor's View. I'm Dr. Bolivios. This week I'm going to be talking about dementia and the reason why I've chosen to discuss this topic is because on the back of being privileged enough of being invited to the Financial Times Health Live Dementia Summit the other week, I've decided to dedicate this episode to dementia and hopefully answer some questions that patients with newly diagnosed dementia may have or indeed anyone who's got a friend or relative affected by a disease and wishes to learn more. Hopefully by listening to this you can understand a little bit more about the disease and what happens after you've been diagnosed and also some of the steps involved in um, the the steps that some of the healthcare organisations are taking to try and help quality of life for dementia patients and also things that I've learned during the summit as well which I found quite fascinating and interesting. So I thought I'd start off with some statistics. 850,000 people are estimated to be living in the UK with dementia and 24.6 million people, that's about 38% of the population, know a family member or close friend who's lived with dementia. And in our lifetime, one in three people born in the UK this year will develop dementia. Uh, that's, That's quite high numbers and these numbers are actually getting worse each year as people are living longer due to healthcare advances, due to um, lifestyle changes over over time. And so these figures are getting worse. Dementia is a devastating disease and I will talk a little bit more about it in more depth, but it doesn't prejudice in terms of whether you're rich or poor or different backgrounds. It really doesn't. And Unfortunately, however, it does affect women more than men. 65% of people living with dementia are women. And in 2017, 16% of women died due to Alzheimer's disease and other dementias in the UK. And it was actually the leading cause of death for women um, in that year. So what is dementia? Well, dementia is actually a, a syndrome. It's not a disease in its own right. It's a collective term used for diseases that affect the brain, which cause a specific group of, of symptoms. And the main symptoms that um, we note are memory loss, things like thinking speed, mental sharpness, language, understanding, change in mood and difficulty in carrying out everyday tasks. Alzheimer's disease and dementia are two terms that are often mistaken one for the other. They're actually two different things. Alzheimer's disease is a specific cause of dementia. It is actually the most common cause of dementia. But as we said, dementia itself is a collective term for for different diseases that can 
cause the, those symptoms. So Alzheimer's disease is actually a physical disease that affects the brain and abnormal structures called plaques and tangles. These build up inside the brain and they disrupt how our nerve cells work and communicate with each other and they eventually cause them to die. And this is what brings about uh, the symptoms. Alzheimer's disease usually begins gradually with mild memory loss and the patient may have difficulty recalling events or learning new information. And as Alzheimer's disease progresses, these problems become more severe and eventually the, the person needs more day-to-day support um, from carers. And whilst there's no cure for Alzheimer's, there are some treatments that can temporarily ease some symptoms or, or, or at least slow down some of the progression. And this the type of dementia that you... Um, want to learn about is is important because Alzheimer's disease can be slowed down with uh, with specific treatment but there are other other causes of dementia where unfortunately there is there's no immediate treatment that can stop it from progressing as quickly so it is important to know that the cause of the dementia that that is being questioned so how is dementia diagnosed Firstly, it's, it's important to understand that as soon as you're worried about memory or think that someone you may know has dementia or you may have dementia, it's important to go seek help straight away because the sooner you do that, um, the, the better likelihood of a better quality of life you may have or the relative or loved one may have. And it's important to go see your GP f- as soon as possible when you're worried. So, Memory problems, firstly, don't, they don't necessarily mean that you have dementia and they can be caused by other things, things like depression, anxiety, thyroid problems, side effects from medication. And there are some other medical conditions that can cause acute states of delirium or, or memory impairments. So it's important that these get ruled out first and that's where your GP can help organise blood tests and um, and also some, some basic questionnaires. And just to just to establish where you are at baseline just to see if there's anything that that is causing these things. You may also get asked about other things like your personal care, cooking, shopping, paying bills, um, how how your driving is, all, all these things that can help with the diagnosis. It's important to know that dementia can be actually very difficult to diagnose, especially if, if symptoms are quite mild and, and uh, in the early stages. So if there's uncertainty, what will happen is you'll be referred to a specialist, like a, a, either a psychiatrist, an elderly care physician, or in many cases a neurologist who are experts in treating conditions that, that affect the brain and the nervous system. And they can be very specific and with their experience they are able to establish whether or not, yes, indeed, this is early stage dementia or not. Now, one of the most important things once a diagnosis has been made is actually one of the most difficult things to to discuss and that is about your end of life planning it's about advanced treatments advanced directives wills and this can be a lot to take in in a very short space of time especially if you've just been given a, a a diagnosis that you don't know what it means you don't know what the outcome means and these are very difficult things for for patients to deal with it's important to stress as as un- unpleasant as it is to discuss these things, 
this is probably what's going to make the biggest difference to quality of life, the the practical issues. And it sounds harsh, but in reality, when I see patients, it's often, it's very important. And it can be, like I say, difficult and distressing to think about these end of life things when you maybe you're living well with dementia and you've got very good support, family and friends. But if there there is a decline and things happen and your family don't know what what your wishes would be, it can become very distressing for them too. So the planning ahead, um, which is sometimes called advanced care planning, this is important um, as it can help decide how you'd like to be cared for in the final months of your life, where you'd like to be cared for and who you'd like to be with you. And the important thing is to make these plans whilst you're still able to make these decisions and they can help the people around you the, um, to know your wishes and they can help um, doctors, nurses, healthcare professionals also know these these wishes as well and that can relieve a lot of stresses both for the patient, the family and the healthcare staff as well who always act in their best interest for, for a patient but when when there's uncertainty, it can be slightly distressing if you're thinking, um, maybe they wouldn't want this, but at, at present it is what's best for them, so we'll do it. So the practical issues are, of things, there's, there's things to consider, things like advanced statements and advanced decisions. Um, and these are these are legal documents and that that express your wishes and a lawyer can help set these up a solicitor can help set these up with you a will as well um, is also a very useful thing and also setting up a lasting power of attorney someone that can help make this, these decisions on your behalf someone that you trust and, and you trust will, will follow your your instruction as well there's also other things like religious or spiritual beliefs that you wish to be reflected in your care um, as I said before where you'd like to be care cared for be it in a nursing home care home or or at home things can be put in place to try and and make that as realistic as possible for for you also how you like to do things say if you prefer to have a bath in the evening or in the morning or or what type of music you listen to tv shows all these things can actually help with quality of life um, when the time comes and, and you're unable to make these decisions for yourself. Another important aspect of, of treatment later on in life is whether or not you decide to refuse life-sustaining treatments in the future. And that's where an advanced decision needs to be made uh, in terms of it needs to be written down, signed by yourself, signed by a witness, and to make sure that your doctor has a copy of the advanced decision as well and it's, it's included in your medical notes. And this can be ranging from things like CPR um, or being ventilated on intensive care if you want antibiotics to be issued and th- these are very important because like I say a healthcare pr- professional will always act in, in your best interest unless of course there are these legal documents in place that that go contrary to that because they are your wishes and, and it's a legal platform to do it with. Now, a lot of these things that I've mentioned and spoken about, these can all be found online. I will include some links to sources and there are some fantastic websites that that talk about dementia and, and everything you could possibly 
need to know about it with regards to the medical side of things and things like the NHS website are, are fantastic sources for that and like I say I'll put put links down in this in the description what I do want to talk about is the other side of um, dementia in terms of the carers people who help look after um, look after people with dementia and a carer isn't necessarily someone that um, is being paid to do something it's it can be anyone and this is the impact they can have on on a carer's life is is quite profound and this is where I want to stress it's important to have these advanced directives advanced decision making it done at a time where um, before it's too late now some of the things that carers do are can be very simple or they can be um, more complex tasks it can be things like accompanying someone with dementia to appointments and activities helping them move about eat and drink helping them keep keep safe you know um, unfortunately dementia patients are very vulnerable and I'll talk about that in a in a bit more detail in a second things like um, daily household tasks and organizing finances these are things that we may take for granted um, and but these are very important things throughout our life regardless of any disease processes that we may have and it also ranges to things like personal care washing dressing and support for incontinence issues and as well as providing just emotional support, distress and answering difficult questions. These are these are things that a patient suffering with dementia often has. They, they can be distressed very easily because they find themselves in unfamiliar environments. And especially if they get a phone call that's out of their um out of their natural routine, their daily routine. It can be during the middle of the night. And these can be very, very distressing for the patients. And this is where a carer can can help. I want to talk about what I learned at the um, t- the Financial Times Health Live, uh, the Dementia Summit that I was invited to. I thought it was a fantastic event and it gave me a real insight into into a few things. I wanted to share them um, share them with you. So, firstly, I want to say that what I learned was the superhuman effort that is going into dementia, not only in terms of the research into the disease, but also the steps that are being taken to just improve quality of life for those who have been diagnosed with dementia and for those who care for relatives and loved ones with dementia. And whilst there's no cure for dementia at present, I learned that the, tra- the trajectory that we're on for helping to treat dementia is, is a similar one to that of cancer. Not that long ago, a diagnosis of cancer meant a very, very poor prognosis. And whilst there's still no cure for cancer, we've made huge leaps and strides in cancer survival rates uh, with new treatments and breakthroughs over a, a relatively short period of time, thanks to funding and science and research. And sadly, one thing that I did learn was that thanks to some very poor political decisions years ago, um, unlike cancer where a patient help is readily available on the NHS the same cannot be said of dementia and thankfully we've made some progress in in many areas and I have to applaud companies and businesses who have taken the initiative to help in in many ways and what I learned was just the extent that this this goes to um, it extends from small things to you know more and more companies recognizing the impact that dementia has on the things that we take for granted in everyday life for example 
there are energy companies now who have created dementia-friendly websites and they're training their staff to recognize when a customer has dementia on the end of a phone and take the necessary steps to ensure that they're safe and they're prioritized over, over other customers in terms of seeking assistance. And some energy companies are also installing uh, what's called a gas lock and um, they they install these into the homes of those who have dementia so that the carers can turn the lock on when they're not there so that the customer can't accidentally turn on the gas when they're alone and they forget about it. And it's things like this that might sound small but are incredibly important and they give so much peace of mind, not just for the energy companies themselves, but but also for the carers. And they, they the carers have said that this has been the biggest um change that, that they could have imagined you know that the anxiety that they have leaving um leaving someone with dementia alone with a gas supply there and it can be a potentially life-saving life-saving course of action for the for the customer and i also learned about things like there's new initiatives things like dementia villages which is an environment where people with dementia are able to do normal everyday things, things like go to the post office, go to cinema, you know, these, these normal things that we do in everyday life in a, in a very controlled environment. And so there, so in the background, there's people caring for them. There's, there's, they've got 24-hour surveillance. There's people there on site. And they, they, they've created these like little villages to allow people with dementia to interact with each other and to just try and live a normal, normal life in a controlled environment. And I think that's wonderful. And I also learned about Dementia Friends. Uh, Dementia Friends is a is a fantastic organisation, and many people suffering with dementia feel that society doesn't fully understand about dementia and how it affects their life. And a dementia friend is someone that learns about dementia so that they can help their community. And they do so by raising awareness and understanding so that people living with dementia can continue to live in a way in the way that they want. But the, the biggest thing I learned was just how doing even the smallest things can make such a, a big difference. And like I say, this is where Dementia Friends really, really have a, a good handle on this. And they help people live with dementia in, in so many ways. So the things that make a very big difference, even though they're small things, can be ranging from just being more patient in a shop queue to visiting someone that you know with dementia. and these things actually really do help and the feedback has been been phenomenal for it. Dementia Friends can also get involved um, with things like volunteering, campaigning, just wearing a badge in public to help raise awareness. And anyone can be a Dementia Friend, anyone who wants to help people with dementia in their community, anyone can take part. And I'll, I'll leave a link to their website um, in the podcast description if you want more information on how to join this, this fantastic organisation. And I also learned that there are many new NHS plans on the way, which aims to restructure some of the ways we we manage um, patients with dementia to help include a greater patient autonomy. So I think that's that's incredibly important. Important. We we talk about autonomy a lot in medicine, and that is allowing a patient to help make their be part of their decision making and not just to make the decision for them and that's where as i said earlier that the advanced planning comes into it and i think there's going to be more focus on making sure that that's a, a critical part of um of the dementia pathway and 
even today, I saw in the news that, that play music in clinics can have a soothing effect on dementia patients. So it's, it's even these little things are, are making big differences, which is, which is wonderful. I know this has been a bit of a doom and gloom um, one um, in terms of haven't given very, very good statistics and also, um, you know, haven't highlighted anything really that positive. But I do want to say that whilst dementia is a devastating disease to be diagnosed with and to discover that a loved one is suffering from, the quality of life for both the patients and the carers is not what it once was. And the main message I have to end this podcast is that if you are someone who is directly or indirectly involved with dementia, um, you're not alone. There's a vast majority of help out there, ranging from dementia friends to the Alzheimer's Society to forums to community meetups. So there's no need to suffer alone. And I think this is something that has been fed back um, to, to the relevant bodies in that patients often feel that they are suddenly alone with this diagnosis. It's not true. You you are not alone. There is so much help out there and there are so many willing people to, to help with um with every part of the diagnosis and so please do seek it and like I say if you are worried about dementia in terms of the uh, being diagnosed with it uh, you feel you've got early stages of it it is important to seek help from your GP or healthcare practitioner as soon as possible and with that I'll leave you Please do feel free to contact me at adoctorsview at gmail.com. I do have a website, adoctorsview.co.uk. And please send me any questions you may have regarding any topics you'd like me to discuss. And I'll do my very best to do so. Please do leave me a review on iTunes. I really do appreciate it. It does help me out a lot. And as always, please look after yourselves and I'll join you again next time. I'm Dr. Bolivios. Goodbye. Goodbye.